If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Welcome, welcome. We're back this week on the Inside Line F1 podcast and we're actually back after a week's break. Guys, that was unplanned, unexpected, unscheduled and completely unwanted. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wonder if the break was because we were absolutely bored during the Russian Grand Prix. I'm not too sure. And, uh, you know, let's think of it this way. So this is 2017 and Formula One has seemingly fixed the tires, uh, they fixed the cars for sure. And now they're, of course, f- helping Honda fix their engine. Maybe it's time to fix the circuits too. <laughs> as long as they don't fix their races. <laughs> <laughs> but the 2017 Grand Prix finally delivered what 2017 was expected to. And Valtteri Bottas, he finally delivered what Mercedes wanted him to, expected him to. He is a race winner. I know this is stale news, but Bottas did very well. He won the race at the start. And Kunal, he won on merit with absolutely no inheritance. And guess what? He beat Lewis Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was actually a very well-timed win. We all know the whole four-race formula or the four-race timeline that uh, Mercedes kept thrusting on his face uh, through all that PR. And even more so after the team orders issue that Mercedes and specifically Valtteri Bottas faced in Bahrain. Guys, I know in this week's episode, we're taking the first couple of minutes to congratulate Bottas. But we have a lot more in store for y'all. So please don't think this is an old episode and tune out. (laughs) (laughs) Nikki Laura said that the season resets in Spain. So what does that actually mean for Red Bull Racing? And of course, we have our usual McLaren, Honda, Alonso section which is now also the Indy 500 section (laughs) by default. And we're going to ask if Formula One missed a trick with Valentino Rossi. That's an interesting question. I would have loved to see Valentino Rossi in Ferrari. But finally, we will look forward to the Spanish Grand Prix, obviously. Will it be able to excite us, entertain us or will it bore us? And let me tell you honestly, I am absolutely intrigued. And by the way, before we actually kickstart this episode, a quick reminder, we are available on iTunes and on Audioboom. So remember to subscribe to us for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. Kunal, I'm finding it very funny that now there are talks of Valtteri Bottas being in contention for the World Drivers' Championship title. (laughs) And that's because he is only 10 points behind Lewis Hamilton and he possibly also has a contract extension in the bag, thanks to none other than Eddie Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, um, it would be great for Valtteri Bottas' brand for all of this to happen, but it's a little too early to call any or all of this. I agree. And we were talking about how Bota should actually follow Nico Rosberg's example from last season and just take every race one at a time. We've seen that work really well for Rosberg. (laughs) (laughs) 
And Valtteri Bottas actually has a lot of compatriots to look up to. And let's please make sure, Valtteri, that Heike Kovalainen isn't one of them. So there's Kimi Raikkonen, Mika Hakkinen, there's even KK Rosberg. There's just so many Finnish drivers. <laughs> and only half of Nico Rosberg. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, here's my favorite Valtteri Bottas fact of the day. It's a really funny fact. So he used to have a dog called Rubens Barrichello. <laughs> Who probably was always used to coming second in every dog race he participated in. And is the this, underdog. <laughs> and is this why Valtteri Bottas is also number two in the Mercedes camp? I don't know. <laughs> Gunal, no longer. <laughs> so Valtteri Bottas is now the eighth Grand Prix winner on the grid of 20 for 2017. And I'm very curious to know who will be the next first-time Grand Prix winner. I know we were just discussing how Max Verstappen was actually the last first-time winner, coincidentally, in Spain itself. And, well, I really hope that the next winner will be Sergio Perez because, Kunal, you know how much I love Sergio <laughs> Perez and in his Force India. Kunal, I would love to hear the Indian anthem, you know, <laughs> top step of the podium and all of that. I really wish that happened someday, but I'm not sure if a Perez can win specifically in that Force India. But I think I would pick Perez's ex-teammate, Nico, Hul Nico Hulkenberg, uh, and he could win it in Renault, although I feel that's a many, many races away. So this season, we've had three race winners in four races. Actually, it's like a party, you know, the more, the merrier. <laughs> and I'm so excited because this just adds to the unpredictability, though it makes life very hard for us when we're predicting race winners. Yeah, and, and forget <laughs> just predicting, especially when we have to congregate on that Monday or Tuesday to record. There is just so much to talk about. And we try and actually wrap up our episodes in 20 minutes. So that's actually on purpose. But honestly, if it was up to Mithila and me, we'd probably go up to an hour at least. <laughs> but uh, the Spanish Grand Prix has also seen 10 different winners in the last 10 years. Now, that to me is a very astonishing fact. Uh, because actually for two reasons. Firstly, we've seen the dominance uh, you know, f uh, by Red Bull Racing followed by Mercedes. So despite all that dominance, the Spanish Grand Prix has actually held on to this stat. And uh, you know, something that's even more interesting is uh, what Spain is actually known for. So the circuit characteristics do not allow for overtaking. And, and I think three out of every four drivers has won this from pole position. Some other statistic I read on talking about f1.com so very very interesting that there have been 10 different winners in the last 10 years that's an amazing statistic and in fact if Valtteri Bottas wins again he will be number 11 wow <laughs> the whole pressure on Valtteri Bottas might be just so much because there's already talk of uh, Sebastian Vettel racing for Mercedes in 2018 and apparently Niki Lauda you know told his close circuit of friends who probably aren't so close anymore, <laughs> that they have a pre-agreement with Vettel for 2018. Honestly, a Hamilton-Vettel partnership or a Hamilton-Vettel exchange, both of these seem like really long shots at the moment, <laughs> but we'll know soon. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of this was actually happening before we realized and before Vettel realized that Oh, my Ferrari car is actually quick this season. <laughs> <laughs> Quicker, maybe. <laughs> And uh, Massa is also the surprising addition 
to the early 2018 silly season talk so he says he wants a competitive cockpit next season he actually seems to be loving this comeback now he's mentoring stroll he's scored all the points that williams has and i think he's had the best start to his season since 2008 so wow <laughs> but i wonder if they'll there'll ever be anyone else than williams who'll be interested in felipe massa Could not we're interested in Felipe Massa. <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys this week we're talking about Red Bull Racing. So they've had a brake failure each in the last two races a big 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 ouch. Yes and actually they treat their drivers equally just goes to show. So first <laughs> Verstappen had a failure and then uh, Daniel Ricciardo had a failure. And uh, by the way Renault the, the the engine that powers Red Bull Racing they are expecting updates only in Canada. So Basically Red Bull gives you wings but it needs an engine and it definitely needs brakes. <laughs> so we know that Christian Horner carried Verstappen's engine parts in a suitcase to Russia. That just sounds so shady. <laughs> I'm just wondering if he'll bring parts of Verstappen's brakes in a suitcase to Spain. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping someone carries Ricciardo's uh, brake parts as well. We know we know Verstappen is a prodigy out there. and maybe this is exactly what red bull's commercial team will do they'll go and sell this to an official team luggage partner if they don't already have one i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> so the annual bring updates to formula 1 race is actually coming up this weekend that's what we call the spanish grand prix because it's the first leg of the european or rather it's the first round of the european leg in formula 1 and uh, there was actually rumors that the rb13 would be replaced by rb14 uh in spain and i'm just hoping not that this is superstition at work in the red bull racing garages i really hope so too and we really know that lewis hamilton wanted ferrari to be in the fight and well they're here vettel is now wanting red bull racing to be in the fight i really hope that spain is where that all starts happening Because Nicky Lauda has anyway been saying that the season resets in Spain. Well, Mr. Lauda, I really appreciate your views, but if you're Red Bull Racing and you're 80 points down after the first four races, I really wonder if this deficit gets reset too. <laughs> <laughs> in Russia, interestingly, Red Bull Racing won the fastest pit stop award. and they beat williams that's a big one <laughs> unfortunately max verstappen did not win the driver of the day award he got beaten to that i think Shocking. it was valtteri bottas who beat him to that yeah I, mean, his... i hope it was valtteri bottas <laughs> <laughs> and as for daniel ricciardo he's actually on equal points with force india's sergio perez and there is something very excitingly odd about this stat you know a red bull racing driver on an equal points uh, in the drivers championship to a force india driver <laughs> in fact force india they're aiming to beat red bull racing in spain too ambitious or not <laughs> i'm not sure but we'll stay tuned yes and force india has been in the news so there's a possible sale to brabham uh, and it's being assisted by none other than bernie ecclestone and just a quick piece of news so bernie ecclestone actually bought and ran the brabham team before he sold it to finally then become uh, the ringmaster of formula 
It's really funny how Bernie just keeps popping up everywhere, <laughs> including the Russian Grand Prix. Not surprised. Yeah, just like Nico Rosberg's been popping up this season. We'll talk about that a little later. Kunal, really, you can take Formula One away from Bernie Ecclestone, but you cannot take Bernie away from Formula One. <laughs> And uh, Ecclestone's actually doing enough himself to to be in the news. So he was, uh, you know, he's been talking of how the Brazilian Grand Prix might not work, but he's still wanting to buy the circuit out. And now there's this whole Force India sale that he's trying to make happen. Mr. Bernie Ecclestone, if you're listening, and we do know that you listen to us every week, can you possibly scheme your way to hosting the Indian Grand Prix soon, please? <laughs> Strangely enough, though, the entire Brabham Force India sale talks, they died as quickly as they surfaced. Very strange, no? The ways of Formula One. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the stranger ways of Formula One is always known to be their payment structure. And like every season, there has now been a reveal of the 2017 payouts for the for the teams as well. Yes, I saw that too. And Kunal, the numbers are usually the same. And the only shock I get every time I see those numbers is that what Ferrari makes so much money despite not winning races <laughs> <laughs> or championships and, or championships for that matter. And yeah, I'm, I'm always surprised by how little the private midfield teams make. You know, uh, very interestingly, if all the Formula One teams were paid equally, they'd make about $90 million each. And this would possibly change uh, the business of Formula One and even more so the business of Formula One teams. But let me tell you, this this whole talk of equal distribution of payments, it's not an easy mathematical solution to the current unequal one. And... um, I'm, I'm keen to see how the new uh, uh, you know, trio of Formula 1 bring about a change to this and how soon that too. On the point of equality, the FIA said that all engines barring Hondas were on par in terms of performance. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is how the French like their humour, but it's hilarious. <laughs> I remember Carlos Sainz Jr. laughing on this joke as well. And uh, by the way, from Spain, the FIA have instructed the teams to have driver names and car emblems more visible. So basically, they've actually stipulated sticker sizes from what I remember reading the article. (laughs) I think the Formula One teams are soon going to feel like they're in an art and craft class. (laughs) (laughs) With the FIA as a strict monitor on sticker sizes as well. (laughs) But I'm keen to see how the teams are going to approach this because, um, you know, driver names have to be visible and they have options whether they, you know, they they have options on what and how they want to put on the cars. And of course, we will share pictures of this on our social media. So do remember to follow us on Facebook, Google Plus and Twitter. Basically, Kunal, the good news is that we will know Stroll from Massa long before Stroll crashes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought by now everyone knew that if there was a Williams car in trouble, it ought to be Lance Stroll. You know, whether we have driver identification or not. <laughs> <laughs> the other good thing for Mercedes is that this whole driver identification will help them remember that, guys, it's Bottas and not Rosberg in your second Mercedes <laughs> car. <laughs> By the way, do you know that Sergio Sirotkin, so the guy who actually was driving uh, a Renault at the Russian Grand Prix, 
was called Nico on the radio. And this time, of course, it was Nico Hulkenberg's car that he was driving. So it was a Nico Hulkenberg that the team referred to and not Rosberg. But I am just losing, uh, you know, count of the number of instances Formula One is remembering Nico. It just seems like there are Nikos everywhere. <laughs> Nico, Nico, Nico. <laughs> anyway, on to this week's McLaren Honda section. <laughs> so Brown says that McLaren wants to hire Wettel or Hamilton after Alonso goes. And I'm in shock. I cannot believe he said that. And I am wondering what the hell he's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want what he's smoking. It'll, it'll probably make us far more humorous on the podcast. <laughs> and that's not possible, Kunal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a great week for Brand Fernando, the Indy 500 test. He actually made it through the rookie orientation program. And the bigger news is that his test garnered some 2 million views on social media. Some phenomenally crazy numbers. That is crazy and bigger validation for Alonso. Not that he needed it. Nikki Lauda called him the best. <laughs> and like we know, Nikki Lauda says it like it is. <laughs> And uh, Alonso did 110 laps in the McLaren Honda Andretti car. That's possibly the most he's done in a single day in 2017. <laughs> it might be the most he's ever done in a single day at McLaren Honda. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this whole Indy 500 Formula 1 thing, massive cross coverage for both the racing series. And this is where I will put the question uh, for our listeners. I will leave it out there. Did Formula 1 miss a trick by not firming up Valentino Rossi's interest in the sport a few years back. And that makes me wonder if Audi and Porsche are missing that same trick for the World Endurance Championship and Le Mans. So they said that they wouldn't be interested in Fernando Alonso. <laughs> Big out. That's a very tricky uh, statement and I'm trying to dissect it. And I believe the only reason that they could, they could have said this because at the moment, uh, the driver is seemingly bigger than the car brands. And we've actually seen how this panned out for Michael Schumacher and Ferrari. So interesting choice by Audi and Porsche, but not really a good choice, I'd say. <laughs> So we all know that Jensen Button has been on this retirement but calling it a sabbatical but hey I'm not retiring just yet <laughs> kind of mode and Mark Webber seems to think that Button isn't actually interested in being uh, Fernando Alonso's replacement for Monaco. And Weber said that Button would rather focus on his triathlons instead. <laughs> well, uh, that's interesting. But uh, if you were to think of Button's comeback, so it's going to be in a car which will barely just get him out of Q1. It's not going to make him look any more heroic than he already has been. And the car would probably park up, uh, you know, 10, 15, maybe 18 laps into the race. So I'm not surprised that there could be little excitement for Jensen Button. What the hell, Kunal? I'm sure he's excited to drive. He's a Formula One driver after all. <laughs> and that too, he's going to be driving in Monaco. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and if things go as planned, there'll actually be two drivers less interested in racing their Formula One cars next season too. So Sauber have actually done the unthinkable, but they've actually done what Eddie Jordan said that they would. Uh, they have now signed on Honda as their engine suppliers for 2018. I can't believe it. And talking of corporate PR at its funniest worst, <laughs> both of their drivers have hailed the team's decision. And, <laughs> and to think of it, Marcus Ericsson, who's hailed the decision, might not even be around next season to race the Honda engine. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he's hailing it then. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but well, that could also be that Sauber will now have someone else to blame for their lack of pace. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, could all it all make sense? <laughs> <laughs> but the best news from the McLaren stables is that they have turned to esports to pick their next sim. Uh, to pick their next simulator racer, and this is of course a fantastic sponsor activation for Logitech. It's also a great move to attract youngsters to the sport for sure. I wonder what Bernie has to say about esports and becoming a sim driver. <laughs> and for some reason, I had this vision of Max Verstappen. You know, given how much he <laughs> loves video games, I'm sure he'd want to go uh, play this McLaren sim. <laughs> yeah, but not take up the role for sure. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> Anyway, guys, we also have a short MotoGP section this week, you know, in the spirit of mixing it up a little. So the question we're going to ask, is Pastor Maldonado secretly hired by and racing MotoGP safety car? <laughs> and we ask this because the safety car crashed at last weekend's race. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember last when I remember a safety car having a crash. I think it was in a, in a DTM race of many, many years ago, if I remember. But uh, the other news on the MotoGP front is from 2019, MotoGP will have Moto E as their support race for the weekend. So the two-wheeler guys are going all electric too. Wow. I doubt Formula 1 and Formula E will ever walk this path. <laughs> well, at this moment, I'm wondering why Motorola isn't supporting MotoGP. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bad joke. <laughs> Anyway, finally, we will talk about the Spanish Grand Prix. The teams know the circuit inside out and the drivers know it outside in. <laughs> <laughs> this is the venue of the official tests. And in, some, in fact, some fans probably know the car setups too. That's how, <laughs> you know, well known this circuit is. And that's how often the cars have been running in Spain. Yes, that's actually interesting because uh, the big question for everyone will be, will there be an overtaking at all for that <laughs> matter? And uh, will the medium to high speed corners allow cars to be in a fight? Because that's that's pretty much what was the bane of Formula One in Russia. And uh, to, uh, to help matters and to make things better, Pirelli is bringing their harder compound tyres here. But we still don't know how that's going to pan out. We had a really great race in Spain last year. It started with the Mercedes drivers taking each other out. And then we saw Max Verstappen winning his first and only Grand Prix. <laughs> and Kunal, if you remember, we had predicted that victory at Spain. A very oh. proud moment for this podcast. <laughs> And uh, Mercedes have made their stance on team orders very clear. So if you are the slower driver, you make way for the faster driver. But I am very eager to know that if Lewis Hamilton ends up being the slower driver, will he ever make way for a Valtteri Bottas? I'd also expect Lewis to bounce back and how in Spain. He had an off weekend for sure in Russia. Unfortunately, his car issues might not be sorted out by Spain. And this is what Toto Wolf claims. I'm not sure if this is just a PR story or if he's messing with all those Hamilton fans <laughs> and their heads, but that's cruel. <laughs> yeah, and if we go back to testing data, which we already know is obsolete in Formula 1 terms. So Ferrari did do very well in Spain in the preseason tests. And a quick Ferrari across Spain would mean that they genuinely have a car that will go well at most of the circuits on the calendar. And that could just be that little bit of confirmation that we were still waiting for to prove or to agree that Ferrari actually have a quick car this season. <laughs> so you're picking Ferrari for the win? Um, I don't know because it's actually a very, very tough choice to make. Uh, what's your pick? 
I'm going to go with Sebastian Vettel. I would actually like to pick a Lewis Hamilton, but something tells me it will be Sebastian Vettel all the way. We um, shall see. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, before we actually sign off, so Formula One management has claimed that 30 new venues have contacted them to host a Formula One race in the future. Wow. Now, wouldn't it be absolutely awesomely amazing to have 52 Formula One races in the year? Wow. And then I'd suggest adding more weeks in the year just so that we can have more than 52 <laughs> races in the year. <laughs> we are actually talking of changing the calendar. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. We really hope you waited for us to come out with this episode and that we did not disappoint you this week as well. Over to you, Spain. Also, you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.